0: to you live on tape on this September 24th, game day morning for week three of the NFL season. Weeks one and two provided football, that's for sure. I'm not sure about great football, but you had a couple of good games in here and there. Week three, we're hoping to improve that quality of pigskin that we watch uh, on our big screen TVs or across the nation at any kind of uh, gathering hole. Gathering hole? Jesus, what? (laughs) Watering hole uh, that you might travel to and enjoy watching, Uh, you know, a good four quarters of NFL football. So, uh, you know, congratulations that we have made it through another week. To all, hope that your gambling bank accounts have stayed positive or maybe not so negative, I guess, uh, which would be a positive. So uh, elsewhere, parents across the Northeast, if you're not in the Northeast, you don't have to deal with it. But if you are in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut... Uh, or I think probably down D.C., Maryland, the weather from this storm front, I guess it was a tropical depression. I don't think it was a hurricane, but it has really jammed up everybody's weekends with this weather. It has not stopped raining for 48 hours. And as we sit here on Sunday, me as a parent of two, uh, a rec soccer coach of two, I am sitting waiting, praying that I can get these <laughs> damn cancellation notices from the field People, because to be honest, I want my kids to go out there and have as much fun as possible when they're children because it doesn't get easier as you get older. However, today I don't want to sit out in the goddamn rain for you know a good solid three to four hours, depending on how long these games go. It's not something I'm looking forward to. I'm sure the kids will run around, they'll go, oh, yeah, remember the rain game? Yeah, me, I'm gonna be sitting there like I could be sitting fucking in my Sweatpants and sweatshirt on a couch just watching football. I don't have to be standing out here right now in the rain. Sunny day, I get it, completely different, but the rain, you know, go fuck yourself. Just call the games off already. But we've had terrible weather. So far through the first three weeks in the Northeast here. So, a lot of stuff has gotten canceled. And so, they're just doing whatever they can to get these games in. So, uh, but anyway, enough about me. How is everybody else doing this afternoon, this, this afternoon, this weekend, specifically this morning? As I'm recording this here, it is about 10 30 a.m. on Sunday. So, we are hours away from game day. Uh, big action on Saturday, college football. Uh, environment, as you got to see a really good game last night between Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, Sam Hartman, Wake Forest uh, (laughs) alumnus. Uh, Congratulations for him for playing so good. Unfortunately, it didn't work out as Notre Dame took the L late with a touchdown by Ohio State. But always pull for Sam the man. I don't know if he's Sam the man. But anyway, for Hartman, as he... You know, he stayed at Wake Forest for a good 12 years. And with all that experience, I hope that his venture to Notre Dame helps his draft stock and maybe he goes to the pros. Anybody that plays for, you know, 15 years for your alma mater, you're always pulling for him. So with Mr. Hartman, uh, I hope he does well. He did all right last night. It just didn't work out. They needed to get that stop toward the end of that Notre Dame game. Ohio State just plowed down there, scored that one. And that was the end of it. So, touchdown at the very end. And uh, that, I, I wouldn't say it would end the Notre Dame season. I mean, one loss to a, you know, it was a 6-9 matchup. So, easily overcome if they perform well down the rest. But it would have been nicer to have the win than the loss. for You know, for sure. And then, obviously, the other big event that has taken place on this past Saturday was Neon Dion, prime time. His very first L as the Colorado coach going into yesterday's game in Oregon. They were 3 0 going up against Oregon, also 3 0. And, uh, you know, look, uh, I am not a big, gigantic college football fan. Uh, I am not an anti fan. I just can't, I I just haven't been able to follow it ever the same as I have uh, uh, professional because, you know, New Jersey doesn't really have a good college atmosphere. Rutgers, whatever. You know, Rutgers was in nothing when I was growing up. Nobody even talked about Rutgers. So when it came to college football, if you didn't have family that came from a bigger school, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's football. It's on Saturday, but I I don't know. Like football on Sunday, right? You know, that's the pros. I can watch the Jets, the Giants, uh, whatever it might be. Usually the Cowboys because they were on every single goddamn national game. Um, But for college, it just it wasn't a sport that had a lot of impact. I I mean, to me, uh, you know, elsewhere maybe. But again, I think minus, uh, at least in this area, minus um, some kind of family member, it just wasn't a big draw for you. Now, all of that said, while I'm not a college football fan, I will watch because I do like football. And this year, the Deion Sanders story has been, you know, pseudo-ridiculous because it's not like, Dion isn't a famous person. Like, he was a famous, braggadocious NFL player. You know, I mean, this is the same guy that was playing for the Falcons and the the Yankees, and if I remember correctly, he took a helicopter, I think, from a Yankee game to, from the Falcon game to a Yankee game or something to that effect. I, you know, he was like a two-star, 2 Sport star, you know, in the same vein as like a Bo Jackson. His baseball was not nearly as good, but like point that I'm trying to make is Dion is a known figure, Hall of Famer, Affleck commercials, the whole nine yards. So he goes down to to Jackson State, gets this opportunity. Jackson State, if I got that right, go gets this opportunity with Colorado. Colorado is a terrible program last year. Awful. I think they. Uh, I read it was the worst. D1 program, you know, in college football last year, whatever it might be. So they go and they jump on the, the primetime bandwagon. Okay, I get you. Like, why not? You got nothing else to lose, right? Your team is terrible. Your program is terrible. And why not? Because if he does something, you look great. It gives you free publicity in the meantime because he is a mega star and well you know is he mega star? yeah I, I would say well he's a megastar now for sure um you know before he took the jackson state job you know i, I wouldn't say that the shine was off his uh, diamond all that much but you know he was getting older it's like any of these guys once you get out of the limelight and your playing days are over you know your marketability depends on your persona and, uh, you know, primetime, you know, he had was still around with the Aflac commercials, but, you know, he was starting to wane a little bit. But regardless, now he's right back in the primetime. So he gets his gig with Colorado. And, man, I will tell you what, this thing has turned as black and white as it can be. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy, and if you don't understand that uh, our our country is battling some issues right now, and you're a sports fan, all you got to do is look at this Deion Sanders Colorado situation, and I, proof is in the pudding. It's all right there. I might, I might actually do a deeper dive uh, for just a, a single show uh, on that whole thing. I don't want to weigh down the gambling show here, but. Man, the reaction out of this is basically like fuck Dion or give Dion a fucking break. He's gonna be okay. Go fuck yourself. I mean it's one way or the other. You know, I mean, this guy has become kind of like a superhero. Which is funny because last week when he came out for that game versus Colorado State, which they had to come back and win, when he came out at home, he walked out of the out of the locker room and then he stood there with his glasses on and everything. The place went crazy, just started erupting. <laughs> fucking applause everywhere. And he goes and he, like, takes off his glasses. And he stands there kind of like a WWE superstar. I mean, he stands there like a wrestler. And everybody's going nuts. Ah, i It's fucking dead. Um, it, it really has kind of taken on a life of its own. But like I said, I, I'll do a deeper dive uh, on that. At another point, because it really is an interesting thing, and I mean, to me, I don't think there's really anything to it. It's it's a coach that got a chance to go D one. And if you take away Dion, if you take away who he is, if you want to take away his ethnicity, race, color, creed, it's a coach from a you know a smaller school that got a shot at a bigger school, and it should be hey, what can he do at this level because his approach is different than everybody else's. And unfortunately, it, it has become anything but that. So, And we'll get into that later. But anyway, those were the big Saturday events. And then Sunday here, we got some weather in the Northeast. We've got some injuries here and there. But let's just dive into it and get into... Uh, we'll start like we always do. We'll do first down, second down, third down, fourth. First down is going to be a recap of last week's stats. Second down will be a couple of big games. Third third down will be all the rest of the games. And then fourth down will be our wagering segment where we take our fantasy budgets of uh, $10,000 and then we've been trying to increase that. So we both went in with a little bit of money off the top for long-term bets for the season and then since then we actually neither of us have uh, have done that good. I actually, I ended up breaking even last week. Uh, Could have done great if not for that stupid fucking field goal. Holy shit. And it is way old to talk about the Rams field goal, but that was just insane that he kicked that fucking shit. That would help me out a little bit, but regardless. So that's how we do it. If you want to get in touch with the show, Helmet show at gmail.com is the email address. We're also out there on Twitter, Instagram. Not that active. I've been trying to get a little more active with Twitter just for shits and giggles while I'm sitting at home watching a game. But anyway, I digress. Let's just get into it here. Let's see how we did last week. First down. First down. So, Dogs, again, 9-5 and five last week. And of those nine wins, we talk about it a lot, 6-1 outright. So who are the three Dogs that didn't actually win their games? That would be Green Bay, Arizona, and the Rams. Arizona obviously had that huge lead at halftime over the Giants and couldn't pull it off. But again, the dogs, nine and five, six of those nines, one outright. As for home dogs, they were four and two. They were actually, I had them marked off at three and three. And then when I started putting the show together for this week, I said, nope, you got to change that one because that game, again, was the Rams when they kicked a field goal at the very end to end up busting the cover, backdoor cover. So. Home Dogs were 4-2. and two. The four teams that did win were Tennessee, Arizona, Pitt, and the Rams. And then the two teams that did not win were Jacksonville, who were taking on Kansas City, and then the Patriots. And the Patriots had that tough one at home. So, over-unders were 12-3. Big day! Big day for the overs. It was an opposite of the week before, because the week before was all unders, this week was all overs. 12-3 in that regard. You go to the teasers, if you want to do the The spreads on the game, favorites were ten and four, dogs were twelve and three. That left them at twenty-two and seven. Seventy-three percent on the year. Seventy-three percent on the year also for the point totals. Last week overs big, 14 and one, unders eight and seven. So that was twenty-two and eight also for 73% of the year. So again, there you are. You know, the teasers is where it's at. There's just a couple of fumble rooskies there. You gotta stay away from those couple of games. Obviously the points were a little different, you know, under's eight and seven. Oof. Rough day for them. As for teams with a halftime lead, usually clock in at the end of the year around seventy percent or so. Not quite there yet. Last week we were ten and five. The five teams that ended up losing were Green Bay, Detroit, the Chargers, Arizona, and Denver. So all those teams had it at, at half and couldn't get it done. Detroit Lions, disappointment there. Overtime and then you had Arizona obviously just, you know, puking all over their own shoes, all because they all had, a, had a lead at half and they couldn't even believe it. As for my brother and I, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, for our picks last week, we were both 6-8. and eight. My brother is better than me. One game so far in the year at 13-16. and 16. Nobody else was good either. The tickets to public were 7-7 seven and seven, so they were 500, but other than that, the Sharps were 5-8 and eight, and the Pros were six and eight on the year. Everybody's under 500. Nobody is above. The the pros and the joes are both 13 and 16. The sharps are 11 and 13. As for Chris and I super picks, he was two and three. I was one and three. I had a push in there, the Saints. Uh, that made me three and six for the year. My brother is 500 at five and five. We both lost our best bets, so I haven't hit one of those yet. I'm 0-2. Chris is one and one on the year. Parlays, We both went 0 for... I was 0 for 3. Chris was 0 for 3. That makes us 0 for 5 with parlays so far in the year. Teasers, I went... I hit my teaser for the week. That puts me at 500 for teases on the year. Chris lost his, so he's at 0 and 2. And then the prop bets, I did not have any. I still... I only had one last week. Didn't hit it. Chris actually put two through. They were parlays too. And they were his touchdown parlays. And nothing came through on that one. So... Per the usual, parlays are a very, very, very difficult game to play. Teasers are easier, but still, because you're picking multiple games, you know, you think that you have that control of the six points and it is just going to work wonders for you. And then you turn around and you're like, yeah, you know what? It's also tough to know what happens on Sundays. You know, I I know that people, you, you listen to enough content creation out there And there are a lot of good ideas everywhere. I am just of the opinion that it is way more difficult than one would say. But so long as you have a good strategy, you go into it understanding bankroll management, You know, there is money to be had out there. And that's what we all try to do, right? Have some fun doing it. You know, fuck it. So we'll go into second down now where we'll talk about the big games of the week followed by the rest of the games. And we'll try to plow through here. My brother is not on the podcast this week. Uh, I should have said that at the top. But we were trying to get this in yesterday. We couldn't do it. He was available late. I was not. I was just kind of out of it. And then he actually had to hit the... uh, He had to grind it out today and go to work so he could not attend the festivities that you are all uh, enjoying. So it will just be me, but I will try to amp up the time and uh, bludgeon you less with my uh, vocal cords here. So anyway, let's go into the big games for the week. Second down. (laughs) So, again, as I mentioned earlier, there isn't a great slate of games today. Uh, you know, there's, it was tough to pick out three, to be completely honest. But with that said, the first game that we'll talk about will be one of the one o'clocks. We'll head out to Minnesota where the Vikings are going to be hosting the Chargers. The Vikings are now just a one-point favorite over the Chargers in this one. Joey Bosa was a question mark for the Chargers. He is going to play this week. He's going to play a little bit more than last week. That was a note that I had just seen relatively uh, short time ago. And so now the Vikings have that one-point lead. They also have the pros on their side. As the Sharps are leaning toward Minnesota and 53% of the money is in on Minnesota. As for the Chargers, they'll take 55% of the tickets. So the Joes are going to go with the Chargers here. I, You know, if this is a game week one. I couldn't even imagine the Chargers being a dog here. Now, you want to say home field is worth three points, they're favorites, and, and then you have the home field adjustment, whatever. I still just can't believe that the Chargers have played this bad that you have a, a lot of issues coming out of Los Angeles at this point. The fact that Staley didn't get fired last year, and now he's gonna have to deal with this on a weekly basis. If he loses, he's just gonna get questioned and question and question and question. Last week they were asking about the Jacksonville game. I was kind of on his side there. I you know, it's a stupid ask. That do you think that this is repercussions from last year, last year's playoff loss to Jacksonville? Was like what? Uh, But he didn't, (laughs) he didn't take it really well. Uh, He was kind of a a little bitchy uh, in his answer, and so you can see that there is definite uh, issues abound with Los Angeles, especially if they continue to lose, right? You know, and they turn around, they give Herbert, the big extension, and they're expecting big things. And here in Minnesota, right now, they're the dogs by one point. I think for me, the Vikings have played not great, but last week I liked what I saw, to be honest. If you take away the mistakes, they're in that game. And they were in the process of kind of righting the ship, and it just got away from them. And who knows what happens if Jefferson doesn't get called for fumbling that ball out of bounds. Stupid. You know, the stupidest rule in football by far. So here now they come home. They have the Chargers who, I don't want to say they're reeling, but things have not gone great. And so in this game, I think Jefferson's probably going to be what the Vikings need to get over. Now, you're always wary of a, you know, a Kirk Cousins screw-up game. You would hope that you don't get it here versus the Chargers. Chargers defenses, eh, you know, it's not terrible. It has not performed great. You know, I mean, week one, they just let 8 million points go to the Dolphins, which cost them the game. You know, both those teams needed to make a stop, and they couldn't do it. Um, And then last year, last week, you know, they had the lead at halftime and then blow that game. So, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that the Vikings are able to put things together here at home. The Chargers need to fix a couple of things. This might be the year for the Chargers that, and, you know, if there's anything from last year, I don't think it's a downfall from that Jaguar game. But I think it is, hey, we've done this for a couple of years. It's not working out. And then people just start to get off the ship because they're like, look, we've seen it. It doesn't work. You know, And that's going to be my reference is Staley's regime. So how much are we really pot committed to this? Uh, and this could be one of those games that helps push it that way. Um, you know who knows? Maybe somebody asked, else asks him another fucking Jaguar question at the end. Of I would love to see that. That's what I would love to see. Right? Just the the pestering, annoying fucking uh, reporter that asks about the Jacksonville Jaguar game after every single loss. Hey, uh, Staley, uh, do you think that this game is you know downstream effect from the Jacksonville game? You know, seven games into the season. Uh, that would be funny if that happened. But obviously it won't because that's not how the media works. But God, that would be. You want to talk about content creation and some uh, and some laughs, it would be right there. It would be right there. So anyway, I'm going to go with the Vikings there. My brother also, he has chimed in. He is going to go with the Vikings. Uh, and, oh, my God. My fucking neighbor, Donnie Diamonds, he, you know, I, I let him go down here a couple, of di- a couple of weeks in a row. He wanted to get down here. I said, hey, look, Donnie, fucking relax. Just go home, right, and just work off your hangover. You smell like booze. I just got back from church. I'm going to go downstairs. And I'm going to record my shit. But there's just not going to be time for you this weekend. So, anyway. But you got, yeah, yeah, right, you got to give my picks. I, I do a good Donnie Diamond impression, right? you, you got you to give him my picks, right? You know, i, I got to give my. I've been giving him a whole yeah. He's talking about a Hope Diamond and fucking the double Diamond. And, I don't know. He hit one last week, didn't The other, I don't so I'm like, just Donnie, give me your fucking picks, and, and we'll call it a day, all right? So just go home and, and sleep off the hangover, sleep until one, then go watch some football. So uh, he also liked the Vikings. So anyway, my brother and I are on the Vikings. Over under this game is 54. This is the highest point total of the week. Um, you know, again, no, no defense, right? Chargers don't play it. Uh, Vikings, not really either. So you get 54 out of this one. And... I don't know if I would lean one way or the other. I guess. I mean there was I mean look, overs were the way to go last week. You had 12 and 3, but it was the opposite of the week before. So, I don't know. That one might be a nice tease it down. You know, if you're looking at teaser games, you take the six off the top, you bring that to 48 and then you go over. And you got, you know, two teams scoring in 20s. That probably be the way that I that I like to uh, hit that. You take it up to 60 and go under. 60 uh, is a lot of points, too. You know, Do you like the 60 in the under, or do you like the 48 in the over? I'm not sure on this one. I think I'm doing 48 in the over. But anyway, so uh, that's game one. The second game, we'll head out to Detroit. So we'll stay in the NFC North there, and where the Lions are taking on the Falcons. Lions currently are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They were three yesterday when I started looking at all of these, and they have gone up half a point, over under for the Lions-Falcons, not nearly as high as the Chargers-Vikings. This one is 46-and-a-half. So you get got the Lions with a three, 46-and-a-half. Where is everybody falling? Well, this also is a pros-Joes game. Pros in this one are on the Falcons. Sharps are on the Falcons. 55% of the money pool is on the Falcons. Meanwhile, 60% of the tickets, the Joes, if you will, are going to be on the Lions. So now if you watch the Falcons, uh, to me the the ongoing question is going to be Desmond Ritter because every week that I rewatch his game, I don't know if he's going to throw a pick every other pass. Or if he's actually going to hit London, or I, you know, God forbid, get pits involved. But Ritter, you know, sometimes he looks good, and then sometimes he looks terrible. I mean, he's very similar to. Man, I'm trying to think of some of the 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 quarterbacks that have come through that have been, you know, like kind of like Blake portals, he does something good and then he's absolutely terrible. Um, you know, insert quarterback here. They've been a lot of them over the past 10, 15 years, but Ritter is, you know, the question mark on the, on the top end, he's another quarterback that you see and you're just kind of like, look, uh, his floor is really low. His average is probably a little below average and his ceiling is not so high, but, we could do worse, and we don't know what we have with him, right? So if you watch him, if you watch these games, I mean, sometimes it's just head-scratching watching her, his performance. But other than that, Arthur Smith has the whole running game firing on all cylinders, as they say. I can fall into, you know, all the uh, idioms. Idioms? Is that a word? Idioms. Um, idioms? Uh, anyway, uh, you know, in, insert your crutch saying here, firing on all, all cylinders is the one that I chose. Uh, but the running game is doing well. Everybody on their brother is on Bijan Robinson. Fantasy owners that drafted him are doing cartwheels because they knew that he was going to be that good. Um, yeah, I mean, it was lined up, and it's working out that way. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, you running backs you just always gotta watch out. Like let's hope, since we just lost Nick Chubb for which turns out to be six to eight months. They're saying an MCL tail tail tear only. Jesus speak rich. An MCL tear only Six- to eight-month recovery time, way better than what else they thought. But I think they're going to end up doing surgery, exploratory. They're going to find out if there's anything else that really is wrong that they didn't see in MRI, and let's hope for the best there because we lost one running back. Saquon went out. He's going to be out a couple of weeks. Let's keep Bijan in there because, you know, the better players in the NBA help create a better product, and nobody wants to watch shit football. You know, you got the USFL, XFL for that which is now going to be one, uh, I don't know, uh, USFXXL. I, you know, put all the letters together and you'll come up with something like the LGBTQ plus, minus, you know, AD, where it's like, I, it's so long, it just loses, you know, the significance. Uh, so the XFL, will XUSFL, XUSFL? Uh, does that work? Nah, I don't think so. Anyway, back to where we were. Saints, uh, not Falcons, Lions. Lions, three and a half points. Um, I'm going to end up going with the Lions here. You know, Lions had that tough loss last week in overtime. Their defense is not great, which bodes well for the Falcons and Ritter that they wouldn't have, you know, a defense that could take advantage of a quarterback that might be suspect. But even with that said... I think the Lions and their air game is going to be able to get this one done, push it out far enough that you might see some mistakes from the Falcons on Ritter's side because, you know, unless their defense can keep the Lions under wraps and then run the clock, ball control, keep Ritter's mistakes at a minimum, that would be the plan for a victory out of the Falcons, right? It's your typical... You know, Giants, Super Bowl, run the ball, prevent them from, you know, playing offense, and then ball control defense, we win. Um, you can say the same for the Ravens in their, in, in their Super Bowl. And I was talking about that. If I didn't mention it, the, I was talking about Giants, Bills, uh, the 90 Super Bowl. I forgot the number of that one. But anyway, uh, 25? Uh, whatever. Um, so that would be the plan of attack for the Falcons. Lions, you just want to air it out. You want your defense to try to pick it up a little bit, right? Johnson, uh, as the OC, has been doing his part. Now, you know, Glenn's got to do his part as the DC, and they've got to pick up the pace. I think they do it here. So I'm going to give the Lions that three and a half. I'm going to take them. Um, My brother's on the other side, so he is with the pros in this one. He's going to end up taking the Falcons. Uh, Donnie Diamonds, he, he ended up, he made this his best back, his, his Hope Diamond. Is that what he's fucking wrote here? Hope Diamond? Sure thing, Donnie. Your Hope Diamond. Um, so this is his best bet being the Lions um, and the three points. Over under here, like I said, 46.5 points. Don't know what you want to do there. I think that this would be the opposite. You would probably go higher here, right? Bring this to 52.5 and then maybe go under. That might be the play. But anyway, Eggie uh, Brothers on opposite sides of this one. I'm on the Lions. My brother's on the Falcons. Uh, Donnie Diamond's that fucking guy. He, he's going to be on the Lions too. So, Third game, we're going to jump all the way ahead to Monday Night Football. Oh, that's right. Monday Night Football. Where we are going to see the Eagles take on the Buccaneers. This is another double-header Monday Night Second one is going to be Bengals versus the Rams. That's not uh, one of the games that I'm going to talk about because that game kind of sucks, especially the Bengals. We, we don't even know what Burrow's going to play. But Eagles-Bucks, interesting in the sense that the Eagles are one of the top teams in the NFL this year. The Bucks are a surprising 2-0. And the reason that I picked this game was because now we're going to get to see if this... 2-0 Bucks team is full of shit, or if they're actually legit. Are you legit or full of shit? And Baker Mayfield has pulled some rabbits out of his hat here. Mike Evans <laughs> has a phenomenal day. I mean, he just goes and clocks in. And after his marathon firework performance on Sunday, every single owner across fantasy football was trying to flip Mike Evans like he was the hottest potato, uh, in your potato sack. What the hell was that? that was terrible. But Evans was probably the single player that I have seen this year that has received so much—not sales interest, but trade interest—from the owners thereof. Said player, they uh, whoever had him knows that this probably is not going to last, and I, don't know, I guess you're thinking that in 2023 you're going to sucker somebody in with a quick Mike Evans trade after he has his 170-yard performance, whatever the hell it is. But here, the Eagles are favored by five. The over-under is 45.5. This is a actual trifecta game as of right now, all for the Bucks. Sharps are in on them, 53% of the tickets, 61% of the money. So you could see that 53% of the tickets flipping over to the Eagles and this becoming a pros versus Joe's game. Five points I think is a lot. I do think it's a lot of points. But I also think that the Bucs' performance here has been fictitious, if you will. Um, did I just say if you will twice in, in one sentence? Well, if you will. The Bucs here and their fictitious performance through two games I think comes to a crashing halt uh, here on Monday Night Football. I, the Eagles are, are really good. And, you know, I, even with injuries here and there like that they might battle, you know, the, I don't see them having too much difficulty with the Bucks, which is probably why they got a five-point road line here in their favor. So I'm not alone in that. You know, how do the Bucs get this done? You're going to have to have Baker Mayfield again have another solid performance. Uh, you'll need Evans and Godwin. Uh, you know, you'll have the defense have to continue to perform well, which they have, so kudos to the defensive side of the ball. But I, I think this is where the beginning of the season and the the short two-game, you know, data set that you have – gets smacked up and the reality of what these teams are come home on Monday night. I think the Eagles defense is going to dial it up, force you know a solid turnover out of Baker Mayfield who is a gambler and just likes to throw it up. And I think when you're done watching this game, it It very well might be the, A, yeah, we were watching the Eagles versus the Bucks The Bucks are not that good, and the Eagles are You know, that kind of, you know, reaction after a blowout. And we had a couple of those last week, too, um, ones that we probably should have went with and then we didn't. But uh, I think this could also be one of those early season, team has a couple of wins, gets talked up a little bit, and then the smackdown comes, a la Colorado yesterday. You know, three games in, 23-point favorite, and they get housed 40-something to 6 or whatever, you know. I don't think it's going to be 40-something to 6. That would be a little crazy, but I do think that the Eagles here cover that 5 points on the road against the Buccaneers. So I'm going to end up taking the Eagles on that one, and my brother is also on the Eagles, and uh, our good neighbor Donnie Diamonds is also going to be taking Philadelphia. So uh, those were the three games. Let's dive into the rest of the docket and keep moving here. We've got a good clip going. So we'll get through the rest of these games. And then we will get to our gambling segment. Third down. So we will start off 1 o'clock games. We have already talked about Vikings Chargers. We'll head out to Washington where the Redskins and Bills will be facing off. Bills are currently 5.5 point favorites. That's down from 6.5 yesterday. They have the tickets and the money on their side. 69% of the tickets, 66% of the money. Sharps are going to come in on the Redskins. My brother is going to like Buffalo here for the second week in a row. He is going to take the Bills on the road and that 5.5 points. I am going to take the Redskins, as is Donna Diamonds. Uh, I'm going to take the Redskins here. My thought process is just that Redskins at home, defense at solid, should hopefully try to keep this game closer. At least give an at-home backdoor cover opportunity later in the game. Yes, the Bills are the better team and if this goes the way that it did last week, this won't be close at all. I just don't know if last week was more a result of the Raiders just playing really shitty on the road and being a bad matchup against Buffalo, Um, or if it was just Buffalo taking the reins and saying, hey, you know, throw out what you saw week one preseason, we're here to play, and this is us. So. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, the Redskins at home play good defense. The Bills are better. They win. But maybe this ends up being a backdoor cover, uh, you know, or the Reds pull, you know, I don't know, a rabbit out of their hat and and Howell does really good at home. I, I don't know. I'm still questionable about Howell there as the Redskins quarterback. You know, if their defense, Bills that is, just goes balls to the wall and throws, you know, Howl into a, a tizzy, this game will ultimately be a blowout because that's how it's lined up to be, the talent of these two teams. I just don't think it's going to play out that way. I'm going to take the Redskins at home, keeping the game closer than the 5.5. Again, my brother is on the other side. Uh, Donna Diamonds is also with the Redskins. So, The Packers are going to be hosting the Lions. Packers are a one-point favorite here. The Packers have the tickets and the money on their side. 59% of the tickets, 55% of the money pool. Sharps in on the Saints. 42.5 is the over-under for this game. I'm going to end up taking the Packers. Diamonds is on the Packers. My brother is going to be on the Saints. Titans taking on the Browns. Titans are going to be on the road for this one. Cleveland going to get the host one. This is after last week's debacle loss versus, versus Pittsburgh. Browns will look to bounce back. They're currently the three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 39 points. Right now, the ticket's heavy on the Titans at 74%. Money also in on Tennessee at 67%. And then the Sharps are going to lean toward the Browns. You have a uh, trifecta here of at-home picks as uh, both Eggy Brothers and Donnie Diamonds all taking the Titans for this one. We'll head out to Jacksonville from Cleveland where the Jags will be taking on the Texans. Jags currently an eight-point favorite. Big, big point favorite here. Big point favorite. Big line, dummy, Uh, for the Jaguars. 44 is the over-under. The Jags currently have the tickets on their side with 57% coming in that end. And then Houston has the Sharps in 88%. Of the money, so people thinking that there is this is way too many points for the Texans team. I was listening to BetQL this morning after I left church, and I think it was Jason Lockeford who I, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan. I don't know him, but I'm not a fan uh, of many of his takes. Right, Bill Zappi is going to take over Mac Jones, and he's going to be Bill's best bet as quarterback. And then they cut the guy. Um, so anyway, but Lockeford was talking something to the effect of, I think the Texans are like one and eight versus the Jaguars, or the Jaguars are 1-8 and eight versus, I don't know, some kind of crazy stats, but was not lining up in the Jags' favor. Um, to me, I just think the eight points is a lot of points for a Jags team. Yeah, sure, they're the better team. If this, you know, played out later in the year, maybe the eight points would be more justified. I just don't know about here. Actually, now that I'm looking, at it came down a half a point, so you're going to get seven in the hook for Jacksonville. Um... I'm gonna end up taking the Texans in this one. Diamonds is on the Texans as well, and then my brother is on the Jags. So a lot of point for the Jags. Not gonna scare away my brother. Is gonna swear is gonna scare away me. Gonna scare my tongue too, so it doesn't work with me. The Jets are hosting the Patriots. Jets are home dogs here, so the Patriots favored by two and a half in the pouring rain here uh, out east. The Patriots currently have the tickets and the money on their side. Seventy-four points, seventy-four percent of the tickets, eighty-four percent of the money pool. Sharp's going to come in on the Jets. Not expecting a lot of points in this one. Thirty-six is the over/under. Uh, you know, like I said, there's a ton of rain out here. It, it's wet. It's a mess. Um, the Jets just put Brown, uh, the tackle, on IR. Uh, the Patriots have a couple of guys questionable. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter. I, this is. Without a quarterback to change the game, this is a Bill Belichick's owns the Jets game. So give me the Patriots and the two and a half Uh, diamonds. And my brother are both going to take the Jets, but I I like Bill in this spot. We'll see ultimately what happens. Jets defense are good. They're good. You know, again, uh, without a quarterback, what do you do? Jets got to figure it out. It's a shame that Rogers went down, but as you can see through the two games, everybody else has said. I'm no different. Wilson is not the solution to your problem. Staying in the AFC East, the Dolphins will be hosting the Broncos. The Dolphins are currently six-point favorites. That came down from six and a half yesterday. They are over-under. 48 is the over-under for this game. Dolphins are the Sharps play, and it's the Joes play. So you got a weird Sharps-Joes play here, 69% of the tickets are in on Miami. Uh, the Broncos are going to take 73% of the money pool. They're also going to take my pick, and they're going to take Donnie Diamond. This is his uh, what did he say here? This is his double diamond, my risky pick of the week. So, I, I guess I'm making a risky pick here. He, he thinks he, the double diamond is the Broncos. So, I'm on the Broncos. Uh, Diamond's on the Broncos. My brother's going to be taking the Dolphins. You know, again, for me, I just the six and a half was a little much. Six is Also, a little. You're going to see Waddle out of this game. No Jalen Waddle. It uh, didn't sound like he was going to play this week, and it definitely didn't happen. So he was battling the concussion syndromes. Obviously, Miami's got to be super careful with all that concussion stuff. Anyway, seeing the, the Tua fall out from last year, there's some re- reputational risk also. You, you throw guys that are drooling out the side of their mouth uh, soon after a concussion into another game. So anyway, Dolphins, uh, six-point favorites there. My brother and I are flipped. Uh, I'm going to be on the road team. He's going to be taking the home team and the points. Last four o'clock game, Ravens hosting the Colts. Ravens now seven and a half point. Favorite, they were eight. That came down half a point. Over-under is 44 points. Right now, the Sharps and the tickets are on the Ravens, similar to the Dolphins game before. You have the weird Sharps tickets play. The money is coming in heavily on the Colts. 79% of the money pool is in here on Indy. Uh, I, All of us, Diamonds, uh, Chris, myself, we're all going to be taking the Ravens in the 7.5 points. I don't like the eight points. Gardner Minshew comes in there. He plays okay. Sure, fine. But this is also a game on the road against Baltimore. They always seem to play good in these spots, right? At home, you know, trying to put the team together, figure out what you want to do on offense. Defense is okay. Robust, if you will. Maybe not stout, but robust. And you always beat up on the lesser teams. You know, I don't know if you do it against the better teams, but versus the lesser teams, you know, Harbor always gets it done. And I think it ends up happening today. So all of us are on the Ravens uh, for that last 1 o'clock game. On to the 4 o'clock game, Seahawks-Panthers. Seahawks favored by 5.5. Over under here is 42 points. This is a trifecta game, and as will be all of the 4 o'clock matchups, The Seahawks have the Sharps on their side, 81% of the tickets and 60% of the money. They will also have Diamonds, my brother and I, all on them, and the four and a half points. This has come down a full point from five and a half to four and a half. So I guess people have been betting the Panthers, which is crazy to me because I would not have thought of that. I, didn't, I thought that would have been 5.5 to 6, but it went from 5.5 to 4.5 um, as of just before on DraftKings. Uh, so we are all going to take the Seahawks there. The Panthers, they are going to be without Bryce Young. So what do you do there on the road? Tough place to play in Seattle. Sorry. Uh, g- give me Seattle and the points. Right? Head-scratching, it went down, uh, which means I'm definitely wrong on this one. Panthers probably win this damn game. Another dog win, right? But I'm going to take Seattle because I just... I just don't understand. It, so anyway, Cowboys, Cardinals, Cowboys, 12 and a half point favorites. These next two games are ridiculous. So the Cowboys are actually now through 13. I said 12 and a half. It's 13 now over under 43 points, everything on the Cowboys, 85% of the tickets, 65% of the money. Me and my brother are both going to take the Cowboys on 13 points. Diamonds is going to be on the side of Arizona. Uh, he is going to end up liking the twelfth, the thirteen points. Really, the Cardinals are so bad. That's a terrible pick. I, uh, you know, again, the Cowboys are on the road here. Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit of question like the points on the road. The Cardinals played well in the first half last year, but I, you know, Gannon sucks as a coach. It really does look that way. I mean, if you if you go back to that. Twitter hard knocks that they were doing for Prime or maybe it was just their Twitter show. Gannon's Gannon there. <laughs> show of hands, who went on the bus? Oh, fucking nobody, Coach. I own a Bentley, you asshole. Uh, so I, I don't know. Question marks about the Cardinals. Now uh, it's early in anybody's career to label them a you know a mistake. You know you look at uh, Sirianni or whatever. He he was an absolute. Uh, dunce. Let's say I almost call myself there. Almost started going uh, into uh, you know scary territory. I call myself though. I'm uh, I'm older. Something I would have said when I was younger. But anyway, um, you know, Gannon looks like a dunce. Uh, Sirianni sounded like a dunce uh, back there on his opening coach's uh speech his press conference, uh, you know, Gannon seems kind of the same. So it's early to label him a loser, but today I think he's going to be a loser. I don't think the Cardinals come in here. I think the Cowboys cover that 13. So talking about 13-point spreads, 12.5 is the line in the Chiefs-Bears game. This game in Kansas City, 48 is the over-under Another trifecta, Sharps, 76, 76% of the tickets, 61% of the money, all on Kansas City. All of us are going to take the Bears, so we're all, all on the other side here. For me, the reason that I ended up taking the Bears here was not because the Bears are good, the Bears are terrible. I just think if anything was true about this week's Justin Fields' uh, lack of good judgment speech, in uh, what was it? It was Thursday or Friday. Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Is that maybe he will run around on the field for 170 yards and throw for 100 yards and three touchdowns? And I don't know. Maybe they they piece something together. 12 and a half points there is a lot of points. And I don't know. I, this is like the fields has to do something here to prove that uh, he knew what he was talking about at all on Thursday which I don't think he did. (laughs) I thought it was ridiculous. And, you know, if I don't talk about Dion at some point this week, I probably will dial that up, too, because that article and his quotes, it wasn't an article, it was a press conference, but his quotes in that press conference were so ridiculous. Um, But anyway, we're all going to take the Bears here and the Chiefs. So that brings us to Sunday Night Football. And Sunday Night Football is going to see the Raiders and the Steelers. So, I don't know. Good AFC game if you have interest. Raiders are 2.5-point favorites. The over-under is 43 points. Right now, pros, Joes, pros on the Raiders, sharps, and 67% of the money is in on Las Vegas, and then 53% of the tickets is in on the Steelers. My brother's going to take the Steelers. I'm going to end up taking the Raiders. Diamonds, he's also in on the Raiders. (laughs) Monday Night Football, the one game that we haven't talked about, Net le- yet, Oh my God, what is going on? The one game we have not talked about yet is the Bengals hosting the Rams. Bengals, three-point favorites. That's actually moved now. It's two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Rams. Over-under is 43-and-a-half points. The tickets and uh, the... Money's split right now. Tickets are 72% in favor of the Rams. And the Sharps have not made a lean in this one. Uh, I'm going to end up taking the Bengals uh, as is... Oh no, I'm, I'm, My brother's taking the Bengals as is Diamonds. I'm taking the Rams. I don't know what's going to happen with Burrow here. He has been labeled as questionable. And, I, you know, I'm not touching this game. It's not involved in any of the gambling. This is just because we have to pick the games. And so I'm going to pick... The Rams, they're playing better. I don't know if Burrow's going to play, if they sit them, who's their backup. I don't know. The Rams are playing pretty good right now. You, know, you can't take that away from them. So I'm going to ride with the Rams here, being the better team and having the better quarterback play right now. So that'll do it for our picks. Let's get into our final down, and we'll talk about all of our gambling. Fourth down. Fourth. <laughs> So here we go. If you are not familiar with the way we play this game, we have both given ourselves a fictitious $10,000 wagering budget, and each week we go in, we make our picks, and we see what we can put together. Parlays, teasers, prop bets, whatever it is, it's all on the board for our taking should we be able to pick out the correct games. A um, fun way to do it to see you know put your money where your mouth is and to see if you know what you're talking about. So far, neither of us do. Uh, last week, uh, I ended up coming out net ahead eighty bucks. I had about eight hundred on the uh, line there that got screwed up when the Rams field goal happened. Um, as for my brother, he just he hasn't had the uh, he hasn't got it together here quite yet. He's uh, he's come close here and there, but he he usually plays for the longer shots. He likes, uh, you know, a couple of parlays. He like money line parlays. Um, and two years ago, he he crushed it. Um, last week, I did. Last year, I did not crush it. Um, I just did a little bit better than him, and then I was like, basically, had a little bit of money for the Super Bowl and threw it out there and ended up becoming even. So anyway, I point being, that's how we play the game. Ten thousand dollars right now. I've got about eight thousand and eighty. A thousand of that is in long term season long bets and then the other you know 1000 I have since lost uh I don't know. let me see what uh my brother is at because I think he sent me his I think he's around the same deal yeah his bankroll currently is 7700 uh, let's say seven it was seven seven. 7- 7,750. Let's round it up, 7,800. So he's at 7,800. I'm at uh, 8,000. So we're about a $200 difference. And that's about it. So where are we going to go this week? Uh, We'll give us our best bets early. I am going to go New England. I'm going to take that New England team in New York, taking on Zach Wilson and the Jets. I just, I have no confidence that the Jets can get this done. Yes, their defense is way better. Uh, but for me, this is all about Bill Belichick versus Zach Wilson and the fact that he just owns that Jets franchise. So give me New England and the two-and-a-half. My brother, he really likes Buffalo. Liked him last week. He likes him again this week. His best bet is Buffalo on the road also. So we're taking two road favorites here. He's got Buffalo and the five-and-a-half points as his best bet. We'll go to our super contest. So my first pick is obviously the Patriots. That's how I do it. Then I'm taking Minnesota and the one. I'm taking Las Vegas and the two-and-a-half. I'm um, taking Seattle and the 5.5, now 4.5, and, and then Philadelphia also in the 5. As for my brother, he is going to be taking he, – he didn't do Buffalo. He, he, does, he said he doesn't like to do this, and I don't understand the uh – The logic of it, but, you know, it's his jam. So he is not going to put Buffalo in his Super Contest. He is going to take Minnesota, so I have that one. Jacksonville, Miami, Pittsburgh, and then Philadelphia. So we're on the same side of Philadelphia and Minnesota. And then he's going to throw in Jacksonville with the 7.5. Miami with the 6. Pittsburgh getting 2.5 there. So... And that's actually the opposite of me, right? Because it is uh, the the game is uh, Raiders versus Steelers, so we're going to be on opposite ends for that one. Um, anyway, to our bets, I'll give you his first. He is going to take the Buffalo money line, and I got to check in with him because I didn't understand how he wrote this out. But I think he's doing butt- Buffalo money line for a hundred bucks. He's also going to do. Philadelphia with the spread of five for a hundred bucks. He is then doing a couple of parlays. He's doing two money line parlays. He's doing Tennessee, Atlanta, and Baltimore. So the Titans, the Falcons, and the Ravens all to win. That's 50 for 365. He is also going to do a second money line parlay the Dolphins, the Bills, the Vikings, and the Eagles. So, Dolphins at home there, uh, Buffalo on the road, Minnesota at home, and then Philadelphia on the road. 50 for 250 on that parlay. And then he has one teaser left $100 here to win 500. His teaser legs are Jacksonville going down to one and a half, Miami bringing that to even. Dallas, he's going to bring that down. And Kansas City, he's also going to bring that one down. So you see the, the Dallas and Kansas City, two big monster spreads being brought down. Very typical play because I did it too. Uh, and uh, you will hear that shortly when I get to that tease. But I will start off with a different tease, Seattle and Baltimore. So give me Seattle and what was five and a half points and, and then that was going to be uh, half a point. Or half a point they would be getting. Now it's going to be a point and a half because the spread has come down. So give me Seattle, tease that down and make them a winner. And then Baltimore tease that down and then to basically two points and give me the field goal win there. So I like those two. I'm going to end up putting five hundred down on that for nine sixteen as a return. My next teaser is going to basically going to be a piggyback off of that one. So I'm going to have Seattle and Baltimore, like I just said, and then I'm going to throw Jacksonville in there. So my brother threw Jacksonville in in his big teaser. I also have that leg here. I'm going to throw it in with Seattle and Baltimore so that i have hit the two. Maybe I hit the next one. I'm going to put 500 on that as well, and then that will give me 1,300. So if I win the one and I don't win the other, then I basically am down, what, uh, 100 bucks. And if I hit them both, then I'm up about 2,200. So I like the way that that war- works out. Um, so that were the two teasers. Should I go to my next teaser first or flip? Yeah, so I'll give you my third teaser. So one was Seattle, Baltimore, two was Seattle, Baltimore, Jacksonville. And then I have a completely uncorrelated teaser. This is the. Of course these fucking teams should win. Buffalo, Miami, Kansas City. So in that one, I took the Buffalo game that my brother liked. I just brought that down just so that they could win on the road. Miami brought that down the same that he did, and then Kansas City brought that down. Of the Kansas City and the Cowboys, I couldn't figure out which one to do. You know, if I had any faith in either one of those teams, I'll take the home team in the 6.5, so I picked Kansas City. So that'll be my third teaser. I'll put two hundred on that for five twenty to pull home. I threw one parlay into this week. That is going to be Minnesota, New England, which was my best bet, and then I did Seattle money line. So that's what I did to get a third leg in there. So I did Minnesota for the one, New England two and a half, and then Seattle and the money line two hundred for a thousand there. And then I have two prop parlays. I was looking around. I haven't done really a whole lot of prop stuff. You know, you could do these all, you know, one-offs if if you like. I I figured I'd just throw it together in a parlay, give it a little bit uh, of money, nothing big, and see what we could kick up. So what I did was I ended up doing Russell Wilson over a touchdown and a half. So basically, Russell Wilson to throw two touchdowns. I figure the way that that game is going to play down there is that you're not going to see a a lot of running. I would think that the way that this plays, if they get from behind, they got to throw. Even if they don't get from behind, they're going to have to throw just to keep up with Miami. So I like Wilson getting two touchdowns. So that was one leg. Then I'm going to take Nico Collins over 54 and a half yards receiving. He's been on a tear. Fantasy players will tell you that, and I'll take him here at home. Uh, they were home, right? They, I got that. Were they on the no? They were on the road versus Jacksonville, so they'll have to. You know, this is the eight point seven and a half point favorite now. Um, game they'll probably have to keep up a little bit with Jacksonville. Collins has been doing good, so give me over the 54 and a half points. And then Bijan. This is the Lions Atlanta game. They're going to run the ball. Uh, you know, even if Lions go up, their game is running. So, at this point, Detroit doesn't have a great offense or sorry, defense hasn't shown it at least. I could see Bijan getting 100. So, I'll just take over 67 and a half and I'll put $50 on that parlay to pull in 387. So again, Russell Wilson over two touchdown, over a touchdown and a half, Collins over 54 and a half yards receiving, Bijan Robinson over 67 and a half yards rushing. As for my second player prop parlay, I'm going to take Ford from Cleveland coming in there getting over 50 yards rushing. Looked good last week. I imagine they'll probably end up doing the same this week. You know, taking on the Titans, I could see this game being, you know, a lot of grinded out on the ground. So give me Ford and over 50. In the same game, give me Henry and over 80. So Henry went, I think, 80 yards or a little over 80 in game one. Last week was 63. You know, this game here versus Cleveland, I think they're probably going to try to do your textbook Tennessee win, run the ball a lot, try to keep the ball out of the Browns' hands, keep, I mean, he does not look good, but keep Watson out of sorts right by keeping him on the sideline and if that's the case then give me Henry in the 80 right so I'm taking both running backs and overs in this game Ford over 50 Henry over 80 and then in the same game give me Amari Cooper over 44 and a half yards receiving so it, I was looking around at different receivers and I was looking at their over/unders and I just saw you know like damn 44 and a half yards here in this game like, while I'm saying that it should be on the ground one way, I mean, 44 and a half yards for, I guess, your number one receiver, right? I mean, he's not a one receiver elsewhere, but in Cleveland he is. Uh, I just thought it was low. So I liked uh, those three all same games, so you could invest and just pay really close attention to that one. And I put 50 down for 325 there. So again, uh, for my brother, Buffalo Moneyline, it's next bet, Philadelphia and the spread. He's got two parlays, both Moneyline, Tennessee, Atlanta, Baltimore. Other one is Miami, Buffalo, Minnesota, Philadelphia. And then he teased Jacksonville, Miami, Dallas, and Kansas City. Oh, and Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh, so that one. And that was uh, 100 for 500. So, again, his last teaser, Jacksonville, Miami, Dallas, Kansas City, and Pittsburgh. I don't know if I got to Pittsburgh last time. Uh, as for me, uh, teasers, two, first two were correlated, Seattle and Baltimore, and then give me Seattle, Baltimore, and Jacksonville. And my other teaser was Buffalo, Miami, Kansas City. I had one parlay in there that was Minnesota, New England, and Seattle. Seattle money line in that, not the spread and then i had two player player prop parlays russell wilson with two touchdowns collins over 54 and a half yards receiving Bijan over 67 and a half yards rushing and then the tennessee cleveland parlay ford over 50 henry over 80 and cooper over 44 and a half and that will do it folks that is the end of the week 3 show Thought it was gonna go fast, but even with just a single person talking, one hour uh, or thereabouts is where we're at. So I'm out. I gotta get ready for soccer Sunday, then football. Sunday. Soccer then football. The price you pay for being a parent. Anyway, all the best to the rest of you guys. Wish you the best with your bets, and talk to you later.